Well, happy Wednesday, everybody. We've come to the middle of the week. I hope you've enjoyed reading God's Word so far this week and looking forward to reading it the remainder of the week. Uh, today we are in Genesis 38, so go ahead and be opening your Bible there. Let me also remind you that Sunday is coming, so be praying for God to bless our worship services Sunday and um, for you to, uh, to, to hear Him speak to your heart. And we invite you to join us for worship Sunday on campus at 9 o'clock or 10.30. All right, Genesis 38. Um, when I read this chapter, um, it was just so disappointing because there's not much in here that is godly. And I titled what God said to me, spiritual indifference, spiritual indifference, because that's what this chapter really speaks of. Um, in verses 1 and 2, Judah, who was the fourth son of, uh, of uh, Jacob by his wife Leah, in verse 1 of chapter 38, it says, It came about at that time that Judah departed from his brothers and visited, visited with a certain uh, Adullamite whose name was Hera. And Judah saw there, so he goes to visit a friend. This is a man he goes to visit in another place. And while he was there, in verse 2, Judah saw a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose, wife, whose name was Shua. So Shua is the father, and this daughter who is unnamed gets Judah's attention, and he took her and went into her, and she conceived and bore a son, and he named him Er. So she becomes his wife, gives him a son, and then as you continue in the verses, he has a second son and a third son by her, and then uh, this is a summary of many years in this chapter. And um, then Judah uh, gives to his oldest son a wife named Tamar. And remember, in this culture, women in many ways were, were like property. And uh, she doesn't really own herself, herself. So apparently, you know, he would have negotiated um, with her father an arranged marriage. Uh, for Tamar to his oldest son, heir, And um, the Bible says that uh, his oldest son, heir uh, was evil. In verse 7, he was evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord took his life. The Lord took his life. And then Judah followed the culture of that day and their religious practice and then gave Tamar to his second son, so uh, he would bear children, but those children would, in one sense, be considered the, ch the children of his older brother and, and his second son. Um, Onan did not like that. And so um, when, when he married Tamar, um, he would not impregnate her. And God was not pleased with that and took his life. So now Tamar is twice a widow, and Jacob has lost his, his oldest two boys to death because of sin, if you will. And then Jacob promises Tamar that when his youngest son, uh, Shelah, is old enough, he will give her to him so that she will not be a widow. And you have to remember in that culture, it, 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 was, it, was, not, it was not viewed as a good thing for a woman uh, to be alone. So if she was a widow, um, that would be a hardship in life. And, and uh, so Jacob said, when my, old, when my youngest son is old enough, uh, you can marry him. But Jacob did not, kill, did not keep that promise because he was afraid his, his youngest son would die too. I mean, his first two boys who married Tamar died, and he's afraid that might happen to his baby boy. 
So he broke his promise. Well, Tamar was wearing the clothing of a widow, someone in grief, because a widow had certain clothing she would wear to identify her as a widow. And um, on one occasion, she found out that Jacob was going to be somewhere, so she took off the widow clothing and she put on the clothing, uh, a different kind of clothing, and a veil over her face and sat beside the road so that she looked like a prostitute. She was dressed like a prostitute, and her face was covered because prostitutes were... Uh, and, and later in chapter uh, 38... Um, in verse uh, 21, she was she looked like a temple prostitute, which seems weird to us. But part of the pagan religions were that they would have prostitutes. They were called sacred prostitutes or temple prostitutes. And one of the ways that men would worship their pagan god or idol is by having sex with those temple prostitutes. And um, and Jacob sees Tamar, his daughter-in-law, but he doesn't recognize her because of the way she's dressed and she's got that veil hiding her face. And he knows she looks like a temple prostitute and he, he, uh, he negotiates with her a price and he has sex with her. Now, you got to think here, Jacob, Jacob's not looking very godly. I mean, not Jacob, but Judah, rather. I'm sorry, Judah, his Jacob's son, Judah. He's not looking very godly. I mean, he left his brothers and he married a Canaanite woman, which was contrary to what they were supposed to do. Um, his wife has died, and now he's having sex with a temple prostitute. Not only is he having sex outside of marriage, but he's doing it with somebody who looks like a prostitute for a pagan religion. So nothing godly you can say about what Judah is doing here. Um, and eventually he learns that Tamar is pregnant, and um, and uh, he treats her good after that. But here, here's where I'm going with all of this. What really struck, what got my attention was verse 23. When uh, Judah realized all that was going on in verse 23, he said to his friend uh, that he had gone to visit, let her keep them the things he had, he had paid her. Otherwise, we will become a laughing stock. We will become a laughing stock. You know what, what really stood out to me? Judah was not worried about what God thought. He was not concerned about the right or wrongness of what he did. He was concerned if other people would make fun of him, would laugh at him. You talk about being spiritually indifferent, spiritually bankrupt. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of us today as followers of Christ can find ourselves if we're not careful. Not so much worried about is our behavior sinful or godly? Is it right or is it wrong? What does God think? What does God feel? What does God say about what we're doing? What's everybody else going to say about it? Are they going to laugh at me? Um. When we, when we looked at the, the story of Joseph's brothers being jealous and angry and selling him into slavery, we talked about groupthink earlier this week. Well, here's another example of it. All my buddies at work, everybody down at the ball game, everybody at the club, at the VFW, all my classmates at the high school or college campus, everybody in the neighborhood when we have the 4th of July party, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to make fun. They're, what are they going to think? When we find ourselves caring more about what other people think than we do what God thinks, we've got a spiritual problem. And that's where too many of us live. That kind of spiritual indifference is dangerous. And uh, so I wrote a prayer in my journal after reading all of this and thinking about it. Lord, may sin break my heart. I don't, I don't want to ever get to the place where sin doesn't bother me. Lord, may sin break my heart. And may I care more about what you think 
than what people think. I hope you'll pray that prayer because that's a good prayer. Hey, God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.